Amen, amen. Well, good morning, church. Man, God is good, is he not? Golly, you know, we, he, uh, we kicked off Christmas lights last weekend, and man, didn't God show up if you were here last week? Man, the spirit just moved. Uh, I love it when he does that. It just assures me that, hey, we're heading in the right direction. And if you missed last Sunday's message, I think you ought to go and watch it because God shows off through us. He shows off. You know, he has a word for us. He has a word for you uh, today. I think Christmas time is a great opportunity for the Lord uh, to speak to us if we would listen to him. And today, I'm, I'm going to do the best I can to get through my notes. I, I have, I'm 51 years old, and I have graduated from uh, bifocals to trifocals. Come on, come on. If you know, if you know, you know, right? Uh, I've also uh, transitioned into progressive lenses. Anybody done this before? Yep, okay. And so uh, some, some things are, are, are blurry and following me around, and, and I'm learning to point my nose just right. So if I get lost in my notes today, just bear with me. I'm just trying to focus. And don't worry, I've already told Stacy if I need my old pair, they're, they're on standby and ready. Uh, God is doing some amazing things. Will you look this season for the light in the dark world? Like, think about it. Will you look for it? Because the Bible tells us if we look, we will find. And I, I remember this week, we went to uh, Lizzie, our youngest daughter, we went to her concert at school. It was a choir concert. And you know the cool thing is they sang at school, go tell it on the mountain. That what? That Jesus Christ is born. And I'm like, oh my goodness, they can't, you know, pray publicly or the teachers can't lead out in their faith. The students can, but hallelujah, praise the Lord, there is light. They sang in the auditorium at the intermediate school, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is Lord. Y'all, there is light this year if you'll look for it. Instead of complaining about all the things that are going wrong, why don't you start looking for what's going right? Why don't we start looking for Christ in the middle of it? Look for those Christmas lights, those opportunities of light that come in the middle of darkness. Because like I said, if you look, you will find. That's what the Bible says. Jeremiah tells us that in the New Living Translation. He says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Now, the question I have for you is when you look for the movement of God, are you putting your whole heart into it or do you have doubt with it? Are, are you like, yeah, but do you look for coincidence or do you look for a miracle from God? What is it that you're looking for? Because I promise you, if you're not looking for the light of the world, you'll miss it and you'll see the darkness every single time. Your whole heart has to be in it. You're either hot or you're cold because the Bible talks about being lukewarm and we don't want to do that this year, really at all. As we look at the Christmas lights of your life, uh, some of your light bulbs are burned out. 
Think about it. Think about it. You turn them on, uh, you know, whenever you set up your Christmas lights or your Christmas trees and, and you go through all the bulbs or if you're like me, if there's one that doesn't light up, you just throw the whole strand out and get another one because it's not worth fiddling with it. They come with these little bitty fuses that I've tried to replace and it doesn't work and you just throw them away and get a new one, right? Like what happens is as we go through the month, the bulbs start to burn out. Come on, anybody there? Right? Like, I've got them all around my yard, and they were all perfect. We had to replace 26 bulbs, me and Tony, this year, as we put our lights out in the yard, and I've already noticed some of the bulbs are burning out. Christians, if we're not careful, your bulbs will burn out, and your spiritual life and your faith. And at some point, you just won't, care anymore because your life is just going to get used to the darkness you've lost the excitement of the light the joy of the freshness of the lord you've lost the power that comes with the light and you're starting to accept the darkness and so today we're going to take one step further from where we were last week and looking at dark and light And today, we're going to step out of darkness. That's what I've titled the message today. Will you step out of the darkness? See, because hear me, just knowing the difference between dark and light is not enough. You have to take an action step to move away and out of the darkness. The psalmist writes in chapter 18 and verse 28, I love, uh, I'm going to give you two versions. First, the NIV, uh, it says, you, Lord... Keep my lamp burning. I underline this part for you. My God turns my darkness into light. Come on, think of your past and your history for a moment. What in your life has been dark that you've seen God shed light on it and it's no longer shame or guilt? It's no longer a dark moment. It's now a testimony. It's a Romans 8.28 story that God brings glory to all things, to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Stop trying to light your own way and allow God to shine some light on your path, on that next step. You only need to take the steps in which the Holy Spirit guides you into. Like we have ideas and some of them are amazing and some of them work, but we often need to surrender and say, Lord, I know this is my plan. I know this is where I want to go, but I'd rather follow your light because you turn my dark moments into light moments. And then as I was reading, I also saw the same version in the English Standard Version of the Bible, and I like it too. It says, for it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, look at that, lightens my darkness. It just lightens it. The lights come on. Those dark moments now are revealed and they're cast aside the fear, the anxiety, the worry. The pressures of this season are intense for some people. Like we love this feel of the, we call it the holiday season, whatever that means. I think we slow down enough to see the peace that we can have. But for some of us, it brings in some great dark moments. You feel like everything is supposed to be right in the world but all of a sudden your life is chaotic or troubled. It's dark, but yet he, 
He lightens that darkness. You see, do, you, like, do you see this? Do you see what he's doing in your life? When he turns on the light and that he is the source of the light in your world? Like you need him to help you to step out of the darkness. We think we can do this on our own. We think we can conquer the challenges of life. We think we don't need anybody. What do we say? I got it. I got this. No, the reality is the only reason you have the ability to get it is because he's put some light in the areas in which you think you have confidence. You need him. You need the power in the, of the light of Christ to push back the darkness that surrounds you. But my question for you is, do you trust the Lord to light your way? Do you trust him to light your way? I was taking the trash out from my father-in-law the other day, and he's got a long 140-foot driveway, and it was super dark. And it reminded me how confusing the darkness is. And I was like, man, if we just put a couple lights along this driveway, do you know how much better I would be able to see? See, you just need the Lord to step into your life and light your path as you go. I was at a man camp with the men not long ago, and it was dark, and we were walking down this path. And come on, if you were there, you know where I'm talking about. There's this path, and I think they're, they're motion detected. And as you're walking down this little gravel path, the little light comes on, and, and the next one comes on, and the next one comes on as you walk down. Come on, you've been in the frozen section of the grocery store. The, as you walk down, the, they come alive, don't they? You know what I'm talking about? Like it lights the way. It's dark. It's there. But when you move with the Lord, he'll light your path as you go. You have to step out of the darkness. But so many people are afraid to be seen in the light of Jesus. Maybe you're embarrassed. You don't want to be the one that's like, oh, I don't want to be that, that weird Christian at the workplace. And so I'm going to stay kind of in this darkness and this world, and I'm not going to let them see the light come out of me because I don't want them to think differently of me. I'm scared to be a Christian. Come on, I was there. In my 20s, I had to make a decision. Am I going to be for Christ or am I not going to be for him? And I remember having this Sunday life and then having this Monday through Saturday life, and they looked totally different for a short period of my life until I said, Lord, I see the light that you're putting on me. I'm going to walk in your light, and I'm going to cast it out. And you know what? Everything in my life changed. And when I say everything, I mean everything. My friends, my finances, my peace, my, my relationships, it all changed because I was now walking in the light. Job has some things to say about this. If you are familiar with the Bible, you know about the life of Job. 24, 16 says, in the dark, come on, the thieves, they break into houses, but by day, they shut themselves in. They want nothing to do with the light. Evil. Evil abounds in darkness. That's why your mama said, 
nothing good happens after midnight. And you know what? She was right. Why? Because evil abounds in the darkness. The lights come on to provide some safety in the alleyway. Why? Because it's scary in the dark. Come on, when you were a child, remember the monsters in the closet that would come out because it was scary, because it was dark. Come on, if you have kids, you, you wrestle them on, on the darkness. And you're like, with all this light in this room, you're never going to be able to fall asleep. But the peace of Christ comes in this light. Sadly, to me, and I hope to you, there are Christians, some in this space with us today, that you live in darkness and you're crying to get out and you're trying to get out and you're fighting to get out of the darkness and you claw yourself to death instead of to life in Christ because you're afraid to surrender to the Lord and say, God, I, I've worked so hard to get to where I am in life and I finally feel like I'm arriving, but the, but the problem is I, I don't want to surrender it all to you because do you know how hard I've worked for what I have in my relationships or in my homes or in my my valuable things, but the reality is we know this as Christians, none of it has earthly value. And so we need to surrender it to Christ to get out of the darkness because sin has overcome you. Sin is what keeps us thinking uh, the wrong things. Newsflash, being a Christian does not mean you are exempt from dark moments. Like Christians are gonna walk through some trivial times, some hard times, some difficult moments, some of them self-induced by bad decisions, others just by happenstance. And I think sometimes we face these dark moments so we can grow. I think God allows Satan to interrupt our lives so that we can have reliance on our Savior. I don't think God test us in those moments by saying, I'm going to try and trip my child. That's the work of evil. But God says, I'm going to allow that to happen. I'm going to allow illness and sickness and doubt and fear to happen so that we can trust in the light of the world in Jesus Christ. Sometimes the temptations of sin become stronger as you become a disciple of Christ. Come on. Going to that next level is difficult. Like whatever you, wherever you are, you've heard me say faith in your journey with Christ is a spectrum. The atheist is on the faith spectrum. They've just chosen not to believe in Jesus Christ. And Jesus is on the other end and you're somewhere in the middle and we are all looking at a next step. And you know it's hard to take those steps to advance Christ. We get stuck. We've, we're saved. We've got our ticket punched into heaven. We believe that Jesus Christ is the way and we, we, we accept, believe, and confess our salvation in him. But now what? Now what do I do? 
I've been attending a, a group, an R group. Our semester is over. It ended this week. Wasn't that amazing to spend some time together? I've spent some time in a group of men or women or co-ed. Or we've, we've, it's been awesome. Now what? Maybe God's calling some of you to lead a group. Now Now what? What's the next step? Maybe you're a leader and you're like, God, is there more for me? Now Now what? You see, there's always a next step. There's always a place to go into the light of the world in relationship with Christ and in discipleship. Come on, if you want to see the fullness of Christ, it's not enough just to participate here. You've got to participate with Christ. You've got to listen to him. Are you ready for some applicable steps? It's hard for me not to get into them as I prep this and get ready for where we're going because it's so exciting. Like there's some steps we have to do. Look, I don't want to live in the dark spots anymore. Like I want to live in light. And so to live in light, there's some things I have to do to step out of the dark moments. Just, just believing isn't is enough to get sometimes the peace and the light. You've got to do something now. Like, I believe in it, but now I've got to do something. What do I do? Number one, you got to be courageous. Like, you've got to be courageous. If you're a Christian, courage is the tool that has to be in your bag. Like, I don't know how you can do anything for God without some level of courage. Like, like, like you, it's got to be in you. Why? Because God asks you to do some scary things as a Christian. Like move to Conroe, plant a church. What? That's not easy. If you've never done it, you know, if you want to, come talk to me, right? We, can, we, we want to be a church that plants churches. Like, come on, we want to be able to grow. I just spent some Wednesday and Thursday with 50-plus with uh, pastors all, all across the Houston metro area at Houston Church Planting Network, and, and we're like, like, we want to plant churches. Why? Because there's darkness in our community, and we want to push it back, and we believe the way that you do that is by partnering together as churches to canvas a city, and for some crazy reason, they consider Conroe, Texas, part of the Houston metropolitan area. I remember when Conroe was so far outside of Houston and there was nothing but trees between. It wasn't even a beltway when I remember it, right? And it just came, it wasn't even a part, but now it is and it's a reach. And I'm telling you, people now are looking at Houston and our communities from Lake Jackson to here and east and west and, and say, what, what's happening in Houston? Remember last Week, I revealed to you that Houston is the number two sin city behind Vegas. I just met with a bunch of pastors that aren't believing that we're going to submit to that and we're going to bring light into this dark world and we're going to canvas this city and we're seeing a move of God and we're seeing revival happen. And we're talking in our small group that we're having in, in our home. We ended Thursday with a conversation about revival because that's what started. Uh, that's what our discussion was this semester. And revival is going to start with you. What vision do you have in the light I realize that there's some people in our church that have no idea that we are working to partner or to, to co-locate because we're already partnering with Refuge Counseling Center. 
You have no idea that somehow God's going to put a coffee shop into this place. Because you've just maybe joined us today. You might be a guest. Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. You're going to get a little bit of the vision on what God's calling us to do. Why? Because we've got to be courageous in this. Let's not forget that God hasn't called us just to be a little community church on 1314. He's called us to partner with, the, I believe, the finest Christian mental health counseling center on the planet at Refuge Counseling. And some of you and, and I, I, my family has been so uh, enhanced in walking in the light and seeing things that have been hiding in darkness for decades that we didn't know because we said, here I am, Lord, send me. Like, I want my mind to be strong because what we do is hard work because being a Christian isn't easy because darkness wants to overcome us. And do you know that you're a high-value target to evil because you are starting to walk in the light and all of a sudden Satan starts playing with your mind? And I think what we ought to do is put us together so you open the same door to go into mental health counseling, to get a cup of coffee, to get a little press sandwich or a little muffin, have a little meeting, a conversation with some friends and play on, have your kids playing in an indoor playscape someday. And just imagine what will happen. Then those people say, hey, I already go to this place during the week. Might as well go on Sunday. We started talking about growth in our group. When you're in part of our group, you get the benefit of at the end going, all right, stump the chump. You got the pastor. What's on your mind? And we started com communicating about growing and where we want to be and what, what God's going to do. And then Reagan, one of our elders, reminds us how much we've grown over this last year. Do you know in the last year, we as a church, by being courageous and stepping out and trusting God, we have grown 100% over the last 12 months? Like, think about that. We don't sometimes see it on a, on a Sunday coming and going in one service. Could you imagine it, what that means is that next year, if we continue on this growth, that God has put us 400 people in our church. I remember moving here with, you know, with just, just this many people spread out in one service. I, I remember this. God is doing a mighty work. Why? Because you're being courageous and you're stepping up and saying, let's do this. Let's go and step out of this darkness. I don't want to live this way anymore. And you're connecting in groups and you're serving on crews and God's changing your life. You're finding value with your relationships. Your kids are coming to know the Lord. They're sitting here and taking notes. Just amazing to see young people growing in the Lord and submitting to Christ and saying, let's do this. But to do what God has called us to do, y'all, we have to be courageous. You, you have to be courageous. And the church body cannot show this courageous spirit until you have it in you. It has to start in you before it comes out as a church. But what is having courage? What, what is courage? We, we talk about it. What does it mean? Let's, let me show you a couple definitions. The ability to do something that frightens one. Scary things. You willing to do scary stuff for God? Like I see some of you are like this, and they're like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do this. You got to do the scary things. Uh, strength in the face of pain or grief. How do you do that without the presence of the Holy Spirit in you to help you go and do scary things for God? Like I tell people, this is the scariest, most rewarding work I've ever done in my life. Trusting God to, to, to 
build a church to give it away. Could you imagine? Just do, Lord, just, we'll do what you say. And then we're gonna give it away. One of the things that one of the pastors that were teaching while I was away this week, and remember, this is a room full of, of, of lead pastors, all church planters. And there's some that are more seasoned that have planted 25 or 30 years ago. And they're leading us and they're coaching us. And they say, just remember this, pastors. You're gonna work for the Lord the rest of your life. You ready for the good news? Then you're gonna die and be forgotten. <laughs> you're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. But come on, that's what you need to hear to be shaken like a hundred years after your death. Nobody's gonna know who you are. So why does it matter? Let's just have courage and let's do what the Lord has called us to do while we're here so we can take as many people with us to heaven while we are alive before we die. Come on, I'll do it. I think of the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz. Remember that, remember that lion, a little scaredy cat, right? Dor Dorothy meets him in the woods and you know what Dorothy says to the cowardly lion? It says, she says, you're nothing but a great big coward. That's what Satan is telling you. You're nothing but a coward. You'll never be able to do this. Good luck walking this life of Christ. When things become uncomfortable, what do we do? We start to complain and then we leave and we change the circumstance and situation. Few people will press through. He's clouding you in darkness and you're buying into it and you're accepting it. You know why? Because it's easy, but easy hurts. If it's easy, it's gonna hurt you somewhere sometime. It's time that you stand up and you claim victory and you be courageous. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You already know how the game ends. Stand up, play the game, and conquer for Christ. So if the victor is on your side, be courageous and stepping out of the darkness. Every one of us, me included, have an area in our life that's dark, have an area in our life that we can't see into. We think we know everything about ourselves, but the reality is we don't because it's dark. And you have to have someone show you your dark areas. Oftentimes, your spouse knows your darkest areas. And when your spouse or your close friend tells you about the dark areas in your life, you get angry and you start fighting. Come on. Instead of going, maybe you're right. Maybe you can see something I can't see. I have pastors that counsel me. I have counselors that counsel me. I have overseers that counsel me. I don't look at them and go, I don't act that way. I go, you see that in me? I, I didn't see that in me. And then I pray and I start working that out and say, is there truth in this darkness? Lord, show the light so that I can be more like you tomorrow than I am today. Ask God to reveal the hidden sin to you. But be careful because you never know how that news is gonna come. 
And then when somebody tells you something about you that maybe doesn't bring you so much pleasure, have the courage to say, maybe there's merit. When a brother comes up to me after men's group and says, hey, do you know this about yourself? When a woman on a craft date stays after, hey, can we chat about something real quick? We're real quick to go like this, aren't we? Because why? We want to stay in the shadows of the darkness because I don't want people to see the warts in me. But newsflash, we all have them. We all have them. But still, it's so, it's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard to have courage. It's so hard. And so we're going to help with step number two, obedient. Be obedient. There's that word again. There it is. You getting used to it yet? Sometimes Christians are a little stubborn. You got your stubborn Christians in the room, right? I'll raise both hands, right? No, we go, not me. I'm not stubborn at all, right? Yeah, okay, obey the Lord. It'll come, right? Like we've got to circle back on this idea to get out of the darkness and into the light. You have to be obedient to him. We're quick to forget, aren't we? Man, we're quick to forget. It's Satan's strategy. If you want to step out of the darkness, you're going to have to master obedience. It's really obedient. I'm going to boil it down. Obedience is typically doing what you don't want to do. I don't want to do that. Come on, when your children say they don't want to do something, you make them do it. God is a gentleman. When we decide as Christians, as adults, we don't want to do something, there's what? Consequence. Natural consequences for our actions and our behavior. We've got to master it. You have to do what the Lord says, even when it's hard. You have to do it. Like think for a moment of something the Lord has called you to do that's hard. Maybe have that conversation with the spouse. Maybe have that hard conversation with a supervisor or a coworker or a neighbor. Like it's hard, even when it does not make sense. For those of you that are Christians, remember that feeling when for the first time you accepted Christ? Remember it when it might've been this church, it could have been another church, when all of a sudden the pastor's preaching you start feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel like he's preaching to me. And he makes an altar call and he says, hey man, come remember in the old Baptist churches, you used to walk forward at the end. Come on, remember that? And you'd walk forward. Some of y'all now, if we did an altar call and asked you to come forward, you're like, no way, I'm not doing that. It's a struggle sometimes to get you to raise your hand. I miss some of these bold, courageous traditions that we used to do. Would you walk the aisle for Christ? Would you be obedient? Remember when he called you to be baptized? And you're like, I don't know if I want to be baptized. That's kind of embarrassing. I'm an adult. I probably should have been baptized by now already, so I'm just going to skip it. And then all of a sudden, the Lord says, no, go do it. And remember when you said, okay, Lord, I'll go do that. You remember those moments where it was, man, you had to obey what he was calling you to do, like acceptance into salvation and becoming baptized? Those are some big pieces in our Christian walk that we mark as monumental moments of obedience. You remember that feeling when you just surrender to him and say, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Like, I want you to take those moments of obedience for the big pieces 
And I want you to apply that same strategy to the small things in your life. There was a time in my life where my obedience was not listening to secular music on the radio anymore. And I'd find myself listening and I'd go, ah, no, I gotta go back. Is it sinful? I don't know. I don't see it in the, you know, listen only to the KSBJ. You know, I don't, I don't see it in here, right? Uh, I, I see things about what goes in comes out, right? And we see issues, but for a season, right? That's what God wanted me to do. He wanted me to spend time with him and worship music, and I just dove in deep, and I spent that time there. Uh, what is it for you? It's the small things for me that are the hardest. Steve, I don't want you to consume caffeine. What? Come on. What? What? And I, and I okay, there's been a couple times in my life. I mean, this, look, some of you drink caffeine. Some of you can't function without it. Some of you, I want you to have caffeine, right? It's good for your marriage to have caffeine. <laughs> in your life, right? And we wake up in the morning, God called me, he said, I want you to do away with it. Why? Because I was consuming too much of it and I was chasing the headaches and I said, okay, I want to obey him. Look, those are the harder things to me than the 10 commandments. Like I wasn't worried about going to kill somebody until I started to look and go, oh, it's the words and the thoughts in my heart and my mind that can slay people in the, oh my gosh, I'm a mess. And he says, I want you to obey me and not just the big things of salvation and baptism, but in the everyday, in the small pieces. Why? Because that's how you push darkness away. That, that's how you start walking in the light. That's how people start seeing Christ in you when you start saying, okay, yes, Lord, I'll do that. Whatever it is for you. I gave you a couple examples for me. They're silly, really, but he wants me to obey him. And to this day, if I'm, come on, I go to Rudy's Barbecue, come on, and I see that sweet tea over there. If you don't know, there is a lot of caffeine in sweet tea. But I just made it, you know, God and I, we tight, right? And, and I walked by that sweet tea one day, and God said, in my spirit, spirit I felt him. He goes, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. And I remember telling Stacy, I, I have to confess it every time I have caffeine. I'm going to get me a little sweet tea today. I can't have barbecue without some sweet tea. Do I have to? I don't know. God convicts me, and so I do it. Every once in a while, I'll have a little caffeine. And whoo, I'm awake. I'm ready to go. Man, I'll solve the problems. I'll talk like a little teenage girl. You know, I'm just like, just nonstop. Come on, y'all. You know, I can't even understand it. It goes so fast. Look, these aren't easy steps, but they're life-changing. Like, I want you to have stories that are small, silly, and insignificant where God has just said, hey, son, hey, daughter, I want you to start doing this and stop doing this, and I want you to see what happens when you just obey me in the little things. You'll see light. Because here, if you're not careful, Satan, he's a master at working you back into where you used to be, the old way. 1 Peter 1.14, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You, you didn't know any better then. Church, now you know. 
We've got to be courageous and we've got to be obedient for Christ. Even Jesus asks us the hard questions. Some people, are, my kids were like, Dad, I just struggle when you ask all these hard questions. I'm like, you're not struggling with the questions, you're struggling with the answers. Jesus says this, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say to do? That's to all of us. Why do you say you're the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, but then you don't do what I say to do? It's different for every one of us. I want you to get that win. I want you to get that feeling of overcoming temptation, of being courageous and obeying the Lord. It's, it's, it's awesome. And maybe the most important step out of darkness is, is you simply, number three, just have to be light. Can you be light to somebody's darkness? The only way to dispel darkness, we learn, is to turn on what? The light. And maybe you are the light for somebody else. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, right, you've committed, you say, I want to walk with you, the light of Christ by way of the Holy Spirit is already in you. And so you simply need to release it. You need to turn it on and say, Lord, let me be the light to somebody's darkness, like this is taking it beyond you now. You've started to master obedience. You've started to say, gosh, Lord, I've got this. You're, you're showing me some maturity in my spiritual walk. I, I'm starting to grow and I'm understanding what this feels like. And then it becomes a hope for other people. This is where you're starting to get somewhere. John tells us in 8:12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, look, but will have the light of life. It's in you. You have the ability to light the way for your family to change for generation upon generation upon generation, the Bible says, if you'll simply step out of the darkness. We've realized it's there. Now step out of it. Do you believe it? Like, but you've got to believe this. And when you start shedding the light of Christ and it starts radiating from you, your conversations will change. Your values will change. Your habits, they'll change. Your language will change. Like the list goes on and on and on. You cannot follow Christ and be the light of him and act like you used to act. Just can't happen. You've got to have this transformation. Those who shed the light, you will dispel darkness. Peace will come into your home. If you say, Lord, here I am. What is it that you're calling me to do to face the darkness that is around us? Isaiah 9.2 says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Like the Lord shines on you, kind of like the moon, right? The moon is not a light. It's merely reflecting the light from the sun. That's us. The light comes in, it reflects out, 
And now people can see the Lord in us. The church, you all together, we're the body of Christ. And together we bring light. When we partner with other bodies, other family members in other churches in our communities, we start together as a family, a body of believers, start to push back darkness in our cities. And then all of a sudden things change. We know without doubt that when Churches go into uh, poor or, or depraved communities, uh, amazing things happen. I talked with one of our overseers recently, Mike Rosas. And Mike Rosas is leading a ministry in Tafar, Texas. And if you know anything about Far, Texas, it is the poorest city in America. And what they're doing is they're, they're, they're working to take a, a healthy church body and plant it in far with the mere purpose of serving the community, expose darkness and push it aside. They're going to test it for three years and see how it changes the community. Like, think about that for a moment. Would you be willing to sign up for something like that? Like it's scary business to push back darkness. You have to be courageous. But if you don't shine your light, then how will those around you know the salvation principles of Jesus Christ? They won't. Satan wants the darkness to rule in you. He's super successful at doing this. All you have to do is look around at our community and you'll see the darkness. You don't have to look very hard. Well, just watch the news. You probably can't anymore without it crushing your spirit. It crushes mine. But then I'm reminded that I know how the game ends. I know that the victor is coming. I know that there's gonna be a day where it's all made right. Think of the streets that are filled with Christmas lights. You ever, sure you have, if you have kids, I know you've done this. You go riding around neighborhoods and you're looking at Christmas lights. You might have done this already this year. What are you looking for? You're looking for the street when you glance down it that has the most lights, right? And you go, oh, let's go down that street. Why? Because it seems to have a lot of light and you wanna look at it. it if your spiritual life was like our roads today, would it be lit up? Would people want to drive down your street? Or would it reflect darkness and people are like, eh, it's not worth, that's not worth seeing. Like that convicted me when God gave me that illustration this week. And I said, Lord, I wanna be, I wanna be a street. I want my soul, my spirit to be a street that's lit up for you and people want to be in that place. But you know, Satan will attack you over and over and over and burn out your bulbs one at a time. And you gotta go out there and replace those bulbs and you gotta say, but yet the Lord is gonna shine in my life. Let's light our way this season as we just trust that God is doing a mighty work in your life. It's Christmas time, y'all. Have the joy of the Lord. And we're gonna close with some clear 
marching orders from the Lord. I was working on this sermon and Tony walked in. He's not, he's not in here today, I don't think. He goes, marching orders, dad, really? Like, you have to say that? Because he's like so anti-military guy, right? He thinks it's just rigid. Oh, you're the way you are because of the military. I said, no, I'm the way I am because I believe the scriptures and I'm disciplining myself to them and then it's convicting you. The scriptures tell us in Philippians, there's action steps, y'all. Do everything without complaining and arguing that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Look at this, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. It's supposed to be dark, y'all. It's going to be dark. If it was all lit up and it was all right, Jesus wouldn't need to come back. It says, hold firmly to the word of life then. On the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. Will you allow the Lord to use you this year? Will you be courageous? Will you be obedient? Will you be the light for somebody? Like imagine what would happen in your places if all of a sudden that started to happen in your life. Only you by the power of God, can commit to that and make the change. Let's pray today. God, we trust you and we love you and we know that there are areas of darkness in our life that we have to surrender to. God, I ask today that as we leave this place that you'll convict our spirits where it is that we need to push darkness back. Use people that are close to us. God, use the Holy Spirit. Use whatever it takes to convict us that this is the step in which I ought to take to show light to other people. God, let me become the follower of Jesus Christ that's worthy of the call that you've reached to us, each one of us individually. God, we'll make mistakes along the way. Let us humble ourselves. Let us repent of our sins. And let us become more like Jesus tomorrow than we are today. God, we're grateful to be in this season where we celebrate the birth of our Savior. We're so grateful that you sent him for us. Will you have your way in our lives, in our church, in our community, in our state, in our nation? Will you bring us to repentance? Will you bring us to reconciliation? Will you bring us to revival? In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.